0: young
1: sentinel falls asleep on duty he's court-martialed and sentenced to death by a firing squad only a pardon from the president can save him now does he get it we'll ask thomas p lowry on civil war talk radio
2: How much time each day do you spend managing your personal or business calendar? Fifteen minutes, a half an hour, maybe more. Is the conference room available for next week's meeting? And how many people do you have to ask to find out? Have you ever misplaced or, worse yet, lost your day planner or handheld device? And what do you do about that missing information? Do you own or operate a salon or carpets cleaning business? How about a realty office or any one of a thousand other service-based organizations? Can your customers make their appointments even when your office is closed? If any of this sounds familiar, then schedule online is the solution for you. For more information, call toll free eight six 668-3355. That's 888-668-3355. Or visit us online at
0: www.scheduleonline.com. Do you like to save money? Let me tell you about a website, Target Barter. Instead of buying things for cash, you trade things you have for things you want. It's as close as you can come to getting something for free. Target Barter has dozens of categories, thousands of things. Jewelry, beauty products, perfume, electronics, computers, and much more. Why pay cash for something you want when you can probably find it on Target Barter? But it's not buying. It's Target Barter trading. List things you have to trade and earn Target dollars. Use your Target dollars to trade for things you want. It's easy. It's fun. And it's not expensive. Before my family spends cash on anything, we check Target Barter. Target Barter is not an auction. You don't bid against anybody. You see it, you like it, you click on it, you buy it. But not for cash. For Target Barter trade dollars. Go to the website. They walk you through the entire process. So what are you waiting for? It's free to join. TargetBarter.com gets the things you want without spending cash. That's TargetBarter.com. Listen.
3: Listen. World is Talking. World Talk Radio.
2: Interested in advertising on any of our shows? Please click the Advertise link on the homepage, or send an email to ads at worldtalkradio.com. Or you can click on the Sponsor This Show link on any of the show pages.
3: Welcome
1: back to Civil War Talk Radio. This is Jerry Prokopovich at East Carolina University. Talking today with Dr. Thomas P. Lowry, author of the story "The Soldiers Wouldn't Tell: Sex in the Civil War," and another book, several other books, but we'll talk about another one for a moment called "Don't Shoot That Boy: Abraham Lincoln and Military Justice." Now, we we left off talking about Lincoln and his sexuality uh, as, as an issue raised by C. A. Trip in the last uh, year or two. And I was interested to hear your opinion that that, that you did not agree with Trip's conclusions. Um, uh, you thought his research was was poor. Uh, it, it was day.
3: it was slanted. Uh, it. It, it just you know it's just not good good history.
1: No, I I would share that view that I thought he he really did uh, he, he had a point to prove and he was determined to prove it and he took some some things uh, fairly far out of context to try to make his point. You've also written about Lincoln in the context of his role as as commander in chief, uh, who holds the the power of pardoning individuals. Is this the same research when you were looking uh,
3: through the National Archives of court martial cases? Um, yes. Once we got kind of hooked on those, uh, we began coming out twice a year from California, and then as it came time to retire, what we did, which is kind of amazing to some people, is we sold our house in beautiful Northern California and moved to Virginia for the sole purpose of doing this court-martial research, which you can't do anywhere else because they're not on microfilm and they're not on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, in the process of reading all these court-martials, uh, we had several wonderful emotional experiences. People used to ask, isn't it really dull just reading all that stuff? And the answer is no. Um, we're reading through something, and here is something written in the hand of Abraham Lincoln. And then another thing written by Lincoln. Um, As historians know about the works of Basler, who tried to catalog everything Lincoln wrote, and over the years we've found more than a thousand things that Lincoln had written in his own hand um, which had never been cataloged and were basically unknown, and they were all court-martial decisions. And that is the basis of well, uh, uh, this book, um, the one on Lincoln, uh, when done when they were halfway through the court-martials, it's the 500 uh, unknown Lincoln opinions on court-martials um, for the first half of the war, and then coming out in a year or two are um, is what he did in the second half of the war with this and a comparison.
1: And that really, that's again, we talked earlier about how people think the field has played out. We've, we've found what we're going to find. And certainly with Abraham Lincoln, all his documents must be known, but, but you've proven that right there in the National Archives, not not hidden away under our noses, but not in the place we'd think to look, there's another thousand documents by Abraham Lincoln. Yeah.
3: Well, we found a very simple way of finding them. You just apply uh, 12,000 hours sitting in the same chairs, and you can find all kinds of things.
1: Well, that's, uh, <laughs> if you work hard, uh, you will be rewarded. That is very <laughs> impressive. There's also, I'm sure you're familiar with the Lincoln Legal Papers, Project yes. in in Springfield, which yes,
3: another m- magnificent project. It is.
1: It, it, it's on, on a, doing what you did as individuals. You and your wife, uh, they did on a much larger scale with more people working. But they found uh, ultimately over a hundred thousand pages. Not all in Lincoln's hand by any means, but a hundred thousand pages of documents related to cases that Lincoln had worked on as a, a lawyer where they expected to find maybe a few hundred or a thousand. Uh, yeah. There was all this material.
3: He was a busy man.
1: He certainly was. Now, the image people have when they think of Lincoln in the, the court-martial cases is the, uh, the poor farm boy, volunteers for the Army, uh, enthusiastic. But he's just a young man, a, young, a kid, really. And one night on, on sentry duty, his sleep overtakes him. He's been marching and fighting for days, and he falls asleep on his post. That's a violation of the Articles of War. Uh, he is court martialed and sentenced to be executed uh, as a lesson to the others. It, it, it's harsh, but that's war. And at the last moment, uh, through the intercession of his sainted mother or sister, President Lincoln hears about it and tenderheartedly signs a pardon, and they dash by stagecoach and, and horse, and they get there just as the drums are beating, and they save that boy.
3: Yep, It's an absolutely wonderful story, and it's ninety nine percent not true uh, Tell us about the one percent
1: no no uh, uh, what did happen how How did the system really work
3: okay um the uh it it became one of these wonderfully hyped up kinds of things poems were written um you know songs were made and so forth and so forth they someone read this poem about uh private Scott in front of the Congress, and everybody cried and so forth um and who says, just a young boy, well, we managed to find a photograph of this young boy he had a huge beard, and he looks about 30, 40 years old. Um, there
1: so was really, a, really was a sleeping sentinel.
3: Yes, so William Scott of uh, this third uh, Vermont infantry really did fall asleep, was really sentenced to be shot. Um, they were right across the um, the Potomac from the capital. so they got the Vermont politicians involved in the thing. Um they, the politicians went to see Lincoln, Lincoln said, sure, we'll spare him, I'll call, you know, I'll send a note to McClellan and say, don't shoot this guy. So they didn't shoot him, and then a couple months later Scott was killed in combat. But around this was evolved all this, this wonderful story. Um, uh, Lincoln went to the boy's tent where he was there in chains about to be shot and said, My boy, you are not to be shot. I am going to trust you and send you back to your regiment. But my bill for this service is a heavy one, and only William Scott can pay it. If from this day you do your duty so well that when you come to die, you can look in my face and say you kept your promise, etc., etc., it's a real tearjerker. Uh. But it didn't happen that way. It it was, and and they quote a general spinner who didn't, you know, it was never even in Washington. They quote a historian who picked a note out of a wastebasket, and the famous historian was actually a 16-year-old high school student, 100 miles away at the time. They quote the sister rushing across the country by train, and there was no sister. So it's, you know, at the risk of spoiling a wonderful story, you get another story which is just as wonderful. Uh, which is the fact that there really was such a person. Uh, Lincoln really did this for him. And um, the young man now illustrates, uh, for all of us, uh, the difficulty of finding out what really happened at any moment in the Civil War. Uh, uh, I see where the the clock is ticking. I just wanted to toss in a word about a book coming out in a few months. Uh, The the Union military court-martialed 120 Southern women and convicted them for all kinds of things and uh, these, these trials have never been seen before no one could imagine you know women being court-martialed or tried by military commissions uh, there were spies they were smugglers uh, they were hold-up artists there were just all kinds of troublemakers including one Confederate spy that used to smuggle secret documents inside her body Ooh.
1: hmm I, I hope they were worthwhile to be read right after that <laughs> um, but interest so so this I guess one thinks immediately of uh, Mrs. Surratt and the the conspiracy trial after the war. We talked with uh, Elizabeth Leonard a few weeks ago on that subject. Or perhaps the ladies of New Orleans that Ben Butler had to discipline. But you say there are hundreds of others.
3: Oh, yeah, which are totally unknown. It's all across the country, all across the country. A lot of Baltimore socialites, uh, a lot of hellraisers in Missouri. it's, It's the whole sociological spectrum. No. And are, you, time,
1: are, are you finding these records at the National Archives? Oh,
3: yeah. All of this is from reading the court-martials.
1: Wow. So do you have a permanent chair at the National Archives?
3: <laughs> well, we've actually finished the court-martials. Now we stay at home and play with our dog and write books.
1: Oh Well, that, that is a wonderful situation to be in. So that's something we can look forward to coming out in, in 2006,
3: perhaps? Uh, Louisiana State University Press supposed to be out late this year.
1: Okay, for that that uh, well that will be something later in 2006 that we can all look forward to reading, what what Southern women were up to. Now they would not have been likely to get pardons from Abraham Lincoln.
3: Uh, I don't think any of those cases came to Lincoln.
1: But Lincoln did pardon. He did look at just about every uh, uh, capital.
3: every execution well somewhere during the war he said don't send everything to me i'm just overwhelmed and i saw that general or or memorandum at one point and now i can't lay my hands on it so the answer is yes he saw lots and lots of things no he probably didn't see everything Uh, i just want to toss in a bias we found a bias in lincoln's decisions the higher the rank the less likely he was to pardon you really yeah if you were a general or a colonel Lincoln would hardly ever overturn your conviction if you were a private or a corporal, there was about a ninety percent chance he would pardon you
1: wow so so he he really did speak up for the little guy in the oh day. absolutely that is interesting I'd, he He was known another case in which he did not issue pardons uh, according to, to law at least were the sexual crimes
3: uh... yes and no we found a few exceptions to that but in general he was fairly unforgiving for crimes of cruelty violence and sex so uh... and he was especially down on confederate recruiters that came north to recruit people for the confederacy he approved all of their death sentences
1: that's right must i shoot uh, the poor simple-minded uh, boy i've forgotten the, the exact words i must not touch a hair on the head of the wily agitator who induces him to desert. Exactly. Uh, he he, went, he did touch the hairs on their heads if he could. <laughs> well, well. with Lincoln and, and sex crimes, that brings us full circle back to where we started. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but uh, Dr. Lowry, this has been a real pleasure. I, I've certainly enjoyed learning about this. I enjoyed reading your book. I know our listeners will want to get hold of the ones you have written, and will look forward to the ones to come.
3: Well, thank you. Thank and you, doctor. Actually, you're Dr. Doctor. doctor.
1: That, that, that's, there we go. Well, it's been, it's been fun. Uh, thank you all for listening. This is Civil War Talk Radio.